0: Welcome to the Bravo Dog Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Renee Erdman. I'm a certified behavior consultant and dog trainer and own bravodog.ca. Today we're talking to Dr. Karen Van Haften. She is the senior manager of behavior and welfare at the BCSBCA. Dr. Van Haften received her DVM from Ontario Veterinary College in 2009 and spent five years practicing small animal medicine in Ontario, Canada. She discovered a passion for animal behavior and decided to return to school to complete a three-year clinical behavior residency at UC Davis. She has been part of the team that has spearheaded the Animal Kind accreditation program for dog trainers in British Columbia, Canada. Today we chat with her about that process and their plans for the future. Hi, Dr. Van Hafton. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Is this
1: your first podcast? It is my first podcast ever,
0: ever. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So uh, I'm Karen Van Hafton. I'm a board certified veterinary behaviorist. I qualified in 2018 um, and I work in shelter medicine, so I work for the British Columbia SPCA, and uh, most of my job is supporting our branches with behaviour cases that they have in care.
0: Wow. And are, are you enjoying it so far? I am, yeah. It's,
1: it's a lot, but it's uh, very rewarding work.
0: I can imagine. Um, yeah. So today, I think we're, what we're going to chat most mostly about is the animal kind accreditation program for dog trainers Um, Mm -hmm. so why don't you tell us a bit about that what it
1: is absolutely so (laughs) sorry I'm fighting off a cold so that will happen occasionally (laughs) that's Um, okay so the animal kind program was developed to help connect Uh, consumers to animal friendly businesses so there are lots of industries out there that directly impact animal welfare but don't have any kind of um, provincial or federal regulation of the industry so actually the first uh, the first industry that we developed animal kind standards for was pest control Um, totally unregulated regulated industry but of course there are uh, right and wrong ways to go about uh, dealing with Wildlife where it shouldn't be, um, and so that program came out in early 2018, and then the next one is uh, dog training, and that came out in early 2019. Right.
0: So, how long did it take to develop the the
1: standards for that? Uh, it, the whole process took about a year. So, uh, all of the standards are science based. So, it's in partnership with the. University of British Columbia, they have an animal welfare program there that's quite well known internationally. And uh, so it's a partnership with them. We actually uh, contracted a postdoc to do a um, literature review of anything that's ever been published on dog training and methodology, welfare consequences, effectiveness, um, position statements of other welfare organizations around the world, um, expert review. So... Uh, That literature review was the first thing that got done. It took about four months. And then from from the findings from that scientific review, the standards were developed. And that took another four to six months. Uh, And then they went out for expert review. Uh, So we had a whole team of academics and dog training experts uh, who reviewed them. And then it went out for public review. Uh, and then finally they were, they were finalized and we started um, uh, auditing dog training businesses. So yeah, I would say a year and a half, I think in total. Right. So it's been a,
0: yeah, it's been a long process, but you, I, I mean, very... you, you Sorry, did it, it did is... it feel long or it felt short? No, <laughs>
1: it, it all felt really, really short. And uh, yeah. it was, it was a very exciting thing to be a part of. I'm, I'm really lucky to be part of that team.
0: Well, it's, you're trailblazing when you think about it. I mean, how many other, um, welfare, welfare organizations have developed standards for dog training? Are there any others?
1: Not that I'm aware of.
0: Wow. I I do think
1: that we're the first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I wonder
0: why that is. It's probably such a, a daunting thing to take on and, and not, and one that comes with some, probably, you know, some criticism and some, (laughs) some drama that might ensue. Correct.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um it it is a controversial uh th- I think the dog training world right now is is fraught with controversy and uh no matter what you believe, you believe it, you know, very strongly and almost religiously in some cases and uh somebody mm-hmm. coming along and telling you even something even something slightly different. Uh I think one of the one of the things that was most surprising to us is how uh trainers who you know, many of them are actually practicing very much in line with the standards, but they'll find one little like, oh, the way they wrote this sentence wasn't exactly the way I would have, or,
0: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm
1: worried that something I did five years ago might not be in line with this. And therefore the whole, I reject everything about these standards. Um, I, I will say the feedback in general has been overwhelmingly positive, but um, of yeah. course there there have yeah. been some detractors. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I would think that, you know, you really can't step. And I've said this so many times on the other episodes is just, you can't separate animal welfare from training and how you interact with an animal. You just, you can't, they're one, one and the same. And so I think that any steps towards, um, not, you know, regular saying the word regulation is, is quite scary. I think for a lot of people, um, <laughs> but any some types of standards for the the public um to protect them is really like should be supported by us you know even if maybe you don't qualify for the for the program um i still think supporting it is and and so many people are you know yeah. even trainers that that haven't qualified quite yet or dog walkers or or um pet care professionals i think we all should be really supporting the movement as much as possible, even if it's not perfect, nothing is going to be perfect.
1: Yeah. You know, um, one of the really interesting things about working with uh, animal welfare scientists is they're quite used to the idea of um, compromise and, um, you know, making slow progress in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the cool, one of the cool things about animal kind is, the program does involve in-person audits of training businesses. So um, it's not enough just to say that you follow things on paper and have the right education. You have to um, actually uh, practice what you preach. And uh, we will do multiple multiple audits of the business to make sure that humane methods are being used and animals aren't being pushed past their limits and um, the right information is being uh related to to pet owners, and all of that comes from um, animal welfare audit standards. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was really, really interesting process to to apply that program to dog training. I don't think that's ever been done before either.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I, I think it's it it's a pretty thorough process. Uh, it's not one that it, any kind of um, certification or anything like that or membership does not include such a rigorous. Um, yeah, screening process they just can't right um right. It, it it wouldn't be i guess they just can't physically do it right yeah but, there's
1: all sorts of limitations for sure yeah 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 but,
0: and i th- i think that the the misconception that the spca is <laughs> making a profit off of <laughs> the program is is one that i think it really needs to be clarified that you're probably losing money (laughs) yeah no this is
1: right this is not a money making i mean we i mean we're we're obviously not opposed to um to running we we do have some for-profit businesses that support the society and profits come back into the organization that we run and that's not something that we're opposed to but uh no so far animal kind uh has not made money it is um it It's uh possible thanks to uh generous grants uh you can read about our funding on our website and there yeah, there is no way that it's going to make money it It costs more <laughs> to operate the program than we will ever get from uh from auditing fees unfortunately, yeah. but we yeah. still think it's the right thing to do well,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, and if you look at other bodies of you know certifications and memberships, many of them are clearly um making huge profits and nobody seems to have an issue with that. So it's right. interesting to me
1: <laughs> that there's that double standard. But yeah. Know,
0: that's I the think way it if goes. you can
1: I mean if you can find a way to make money and improve animal welfare then yeah. I think that should be the goal especially for a nonprofit organization that is uh you know runs on donations mainly like we do. Um yeah. however sometimes that's that's not possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, Of course. Um, so, what is what? What's the the goal with Animal Kind? The whole program, the whole encompassing. So, right now, you've got pest control, which yep. is fantastic, and then we've got dog training. Yes. What What's the whole plan? If what would, one?
1: What would you do next? Hmm.
0: I would do daycares. Uh huh. And then I would do dog walkers, uh-huh. and then I would do groomers. Uh, <laughs>
1: You're hired. Um, <laughs> is that the plan then? <laughs> yeah, actually. So we're starting yeah. with daycares and boarding facilities and we're yeah. currently discussing whether or not dog walking is going to fit into that. Uh-huh. Um, also uh, dog transportation uh, companies. That's, oh. that's something that a lot of daycares um, and boarding kennels will do and grooming as well. Uh, right. So we think we'll have to have standards around uh, how to transport dogs possibly cats uh yeah yeah well and yeah
0: and if you dog um dog walkers they are often taking multiple dogs in a vehicle too i don't know if that how that fits in but yeah i think that that's fantastic great so that's those are things that are uh, coming down the pipeline then yes
1: we have just started so definitely uh daycares and boarding facilities is next and we've started Uh, Laying the groundwork for for what comes next there, Um, but that's all we really have finalized for now. Right. And just to clarify, oh (laughs) (laughs) yes,
0: maybe we'll get people messaging. Um, But just to clarify too, it's this is a completely voluntary program. This is not something that's being mandated. Um, So that's just to be clear.
1: Yes, absolutely. This is voluntary accreditation for. Um, you know, animal related businesses that want to follow best practices, like evidence-based best practices in the industry. Uh, And we will will provide all sorts of um, free advertising and referrals for these businesses. Um, But there is no obligation to join the program at all. Great.
0: So do you think that um, there should be government regulation within these industries? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I would be open to discussing that. I'm not sure. I mean, so the question always comes down to, does the government regulate an industry or does the industry regulate itself? Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm a veterinarian and veterinarians are a self-regulated profession and that has its pros and its cons. Um, but I, I do think that it's important for veterinarians to to be regulated. And I mean dog trainers are responsible for the psychological health of our pets i mean dangerous dogs are a huge issue and we know that some training methods are directly associated with aggression developing in dogs like that that's a very serious public health issue even if you um put aside you know the animal welfare concerns so Mm -hmm. yeah i i think we are moving in that direction um i personally i would prefer to see the dog training industry step up and regulate itself as opposed to waiting for um the government to do it for them but yeah I think eventually something like that will happen
0: yes which I think what are your thoughts I
1: I mean yeah I think
0: something clearly needs to be done it's just a matter of like you said who does it who yeah. puts these, who develops these standards? I mean, and I think that's what scares a lot of, of people is with even the SPCA um, program is who's developing it and and who, what are these standards going to be? And will somebody be able to, to tell me what I can and can't do? Um,
1: and are they qualified to do that? Right. Yeah, but again, so- on the other side, I mean... I'm sure when veterinary medicine became regulated, it was the same concerns, right? I mean, on the other side, regulated professions have a lot more authority and, um, and, and expertise, you know, Um, like when somebody says, I'm a doctor, that means something, you know, Mm -hmm. it means that you have the education and authority and you know what you're talking about. And, and right now, if you know anything about the dog training industry and somebody says I'm a dog trainer, (laughs) your next question is, yeah, but what kind? (laughs) And do you have any education and do you have any experience and you know, what, what dog training philosophy do you follow? And I have to ask all of these questions before I can really determine what your actual knowledge is in the field. So it, it is a pain. Like it's a lot of work developing these standards was a lot of work, but it wasn't impossible. And we do have enough, um, evidence now to take some really strong stands on what is and is not good for dog welfare, and what is and is not effective training. Um, yeah, it takes the opinion out of,
0: and the emotion right out of it, which yeah. I think we need more of, especially when you're working with animals, which is just an emotional
1: <laughs> thing yeah. for a
0: lot of people, right? But yeah, I think something absolutely needs to be done. I think that the the public and of course svca the pro- this program starts the ball rolling. But when you think about it, there's no real recourse for somebody who, uh, you know, they take their dog to a dog trainer who unfortunately uses the wrong <laughs> methods, then does more more trauma and damage to the dog. There's really no recourse for them um, yeah. other than to write a review. And people are too scared to do that. They're They're scared, right? Yeah. So I think the public needs to be protected in that way as well as that if something is just like, if you were to go to a vet, I mean, if there's, if you have a complaint about malpractice, where, where you, where do you go? There's a, a way to, to go about that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas it, for the public with working with animals, there's just nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally and a lot agree. of times
0: I think it gets buried complaints, get buried, um, you know, because they're fearful, and mm-hmm. you know, all you need to do is hire a lawyer, right? If you if you're a big company, um, and it can go away. But yeah, yeah so I, I, yeah, I don't have the answer. Of course, I don't think many people have the answer, but
1: something I think definitely needs to be done. Um, yeah, hopefully think, it will happen. I think we're very much in agreement there. It's it's a big question to answer. I don't think you and I are going to come up with all the answers. <laughs> no. Uh, Unfortunately, but um, yeah I agree and and you you hear it more and more all the time that um, dog training needs to be regulated for for the protection of dogs and and their owners yeah for sure
0: um, so in terms of education what are what are your thoughts on you know those that work with animals that think that experience should outweigh education and and
1: what's your what are your thoughts on that? Or it so, be equal. <laughs> <laughs> so I think back to when I was a uh, idealistic university student and I got a job. I was, I was one of these people. I got a job in a pet store working behind the counter selling pet food. And I read the company folder on, you know, how to sell pet food. And I did some of my own internet, I'm using air quotes, you can't see it, but (laughs) research on, on pet food. And I thought I was, can we swear on this? Oh, yeah. I thought I was the shit. I thought (laughs) I knew everything there was to know about dog food. And I would, you know, steer people towards the um, company brand that had like, and I would show them, you know, chicken is the first ingredient. Now let's go look at frisky. see, it's corn filler. (laughs) And I really thought I knew what I was talking about until I was lucky enough to get into vet school and I took actual courses on canine nutrition Mm -hmm. um, from experts in the field. And it turned out I had no idea what I was talking about, even though I had a lot of passion, a lot of energy, a lot of experience um, working with dogs, you know, growing up with animals. Um, So... I, I look at that and I look at how much my perspective has changed when I I have been lucky enough to be exposed to um to really high level education in the field. Um I think until you until you go through um some of these education programs, you really can't know what you're missing. And so I, I, which is not to say that experience is not important especially with a, with a hands-on like physical skill like training is very physical technical right? little,
0: yeah technical little yep. things
1: like like timing and um, the experience of, of recognizing body language and personality types and knowing when to change things up all of that you cannot learn from a book or an online course or anything yeah. but um, but you also can't learn the science of learning just by watching a dog. You, you know, you, you have to, you have to learn, um, what, what Skinner proved and he, it took him years to do that in a laboratory and you're not going to do that in real life. You, you're going to learn that from your education. So yeah, I think they both, they both have an equal place for me.
0: So would you recommend then somebody that is starting out in, in this industry what would you recommend that they do would you recommend that they start getting experience right away take
1: a program and if so what what kind of program should they be looking for yes so they're looking so you're thinking somebody who wants to become a dog trainer Mm -hmm. a really good dog trainer oh the best dog trainer the best dog trainer (laughs) I like it um so I, I would probably start with some experience because if you've never worked in the industry before, mm-hmm. um, it's something that you want to make sure that you have not just an interest in it, an interest in, but like an aptitude for. And, you know, there are things that you can find out from working in the field that, you um, you can never know from the outside so like as as you know dog training is not just about working with dogs it's about working with people and you have to be a really good communicator and that's something that you can only really learn by doing so yeah if you can find some like if you look around in your community um figure out who like what are the best schools what are the best education who has those qualifications can you can I um, come see what this is about even if it's just a day a day a week Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you still think it's something you want to do after you've got your feet wet a little bit take an introductory course don't take you know don't spend ten thousand dollars and two years of your life doing a huge course yet but um, ask the experts in your field to to recommend um, something and and do like a two or three months course and see how you like it yeah
0: yeah I think that's a really uh smart smart suggestion or suggestions um because (laughs) if you invest that much money in a in the best program and then decide oh maybe this isn't for me then you're kind of hooped because you just spent that money (laughs) right so and there are some really there 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 are some really good um shorter courses that are heavy in, in learning theory, which I think in my opinion is something that you just, that's what you need to start with is understanding, you know, what, what is behavior and analysis and,
1: you know, all this learning theory is so important, right? That, that was huge for me. And I, I never learned that in Mm -hmm. vet school, you know, I learned Mm that when I'd been out in practice for a little while and just, yeah, just knowing, just understanding learning theory changes the whole way that you approach Um, well, in my case, the way that I approach my patients and Mm -hmm. it's, it's life-changing. Yeah. You have to think that if
0: you don't understand how the animal learns, how do you teach them? Yeah, exactly. So you have to know that and, um, can't just sort of wing it. Um, in my opinion, I think we've all got different sort of points of view in terms of like, what's an ethical way about go way to go about this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like what's for me, it's always been about improving the lives of dogs and people. And and this is not to say I'm the greatest or anything like that, but that's always been my focus. And that doesn't mean that that's everybody's focus though. Some people look at it maybe a little bit differently. Um, but I, I thought that I, I owe it to the animals and their people to understand what's going on in their brain for the most part, as much as we can understand what's going on in their head. You know, we don't know for sure, but I definitely didn't want to do the wrong thing and and cause damage. I think that's always been my biggest fear is I don't want to do damage. I I want to help. I want to improve. Otherwise nobody should be paying me. You know, I totally Um,
1: agree with you. I mean, that's, that's the whole reason that I, specialized you know I was seeing behavior cases in if you're a veterinarian eventually you will start to see behavior cases because they're (laughs) they're out there and you know I would I would get the odd case where I thought I I I don't know what to do you know I um this seems like a pretty severe case of aggression oh you're considering euthanasia oh is that the only option I don't know is what what would happen if we kept going you know and um if I'm going to be in a position where I'm making sometimes life and death recommendations or helping people sometimes with life and death decisions with their animals, with serious aggression issues, then I need to know what I'm talking about. I can't just be faking my way through that. And the only way to do that is um, to, yeah, go out there and get the education and the experience. Yeah. And I, and it is that
0: serious. And I think when we're, when we're talking about, dog trainers I think it can get to that point where what you do can influence whether or not that dog stays in that home or ends up euthanized you know absolutely and it really I have to say it's not fun to be the fifth dog trainer called in (laughs) on a case (laughs) and then feel the pressure of wow you know we're at this point I mean luckily you know we can I refer out to to Dr. Richter um, Mm -hmm. because when things are out of my scope and, and it's at that point, of course, I, I'm not qualified to make those decisions or counsel people. Um, but yeah, it really, so again, I think that that's why the, the accreditation program is so important. And then also some type of regulation because it really does affect our community on such a large scale. Yeah. How many people have dogs, right? So you have to think it it's, it's, it's just so uh, the, the ripple effect is just huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think that you guys are doing an amazing job big congratulations on this program. And I think that if anybody's interested, uh, take a look at the, the standards and the program online and it's uh, via BCSPCA.BC.ca. Is that the website? I'll put it up. Yeah. And then, or you can just Google (coughs) animal kind for dog trainers and take a look at the program. I think it's, you guys are doing fantastic. I can't wait to see how it all, Rolls out. Um, so good job, and I appreciate you taking some time today to chat with us about it. Thank you so much for your support, it and I hope you Thank you so much again, and I hope that your cold gets better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. Oh, good, good, good. This is the tail end.
0: Okay, good stuff. Okay. All right. Thanks again. Take care. Bye bye.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bravo Dog Knowledge podcast. Please feel free to leave us a glowing review via iTunes if you liked what you listened to. And be sure to check us out at bravodog.ca.